welcome to the Lead in Davis podcast. Put a lid on it. And I'd like to welcome our guests, Tana Smith, Tammy Oliver, and Megan Fairborn. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. Okay. <laughs> to, to jump in and kind of warm us up, I'm going to, we're going to administer what we call the Lead in Davis questionnaire. And this questionnaire has been scientifically formulated to get at who you really are because the universe wants to know. <laughs> and so uh, are you ready per- to participate? Do you- Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. Um, so, and, and I'll jump around a little bit. Okay. To begin, Tana, if you had to choose one song that would play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what would it be? It'd have to be a song by Journey, 81. Don't Stop Believing, maybe. Any Journey song. Okay. Tammy. Uh, purple Rain. Purple Rain. That's <laughs> sweet. Okay, Megan. Oh, Witchy Woman. Witchy Woman. Either Witchy Gosh. Woman or Sledgehammer. Uh, Either one works. The, right. I love this generation. This is this, this, uh, perfect for me. Okay. Um, Tammy. Yes. Your favorite Christmas gift or birthday gift as a child? A piano. Piano. And I don't even play the piano anymore, <laughs> but I got a piano for Christmas one year. Um, I was nine and I'd always wanted a piano and it was beautiful. And I played for like 10 years and it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's it awesome. was a big deal. My parents didn't have a lot of money. So the fact that they bought a piano was a big deal. Cool. Megan. Oh, this is going to make mine sound so lame, but for some reason, a clock radio. I mean, I don't know if that speaks volumes, no pun intended, about this clock radio. But I just remember opening, I must have been eight, nine years old, but all oh, that responsibility of having a clock radio. I could set my alarm. I could listen to music. And man, I just remember holding it up and smiling for the camera. And it's in my photo album but yeah that's how lame i am a clock radio i'm gonna be on time on time (laughs) well i'm gonna have to say this big boxy panasonic radio that i could listen to the radio and then also record my own mixtapes by listening to the radio strategically timing the song to push play record listening till the end and then hitting stop so I could capture the song just perfectly. Yeah, I have mixtapes that I still wait for the DJ. When, whenever I hear a song on the radio, I'm waiting for the DJ to interrupt the last minute because I heard it 400 times yep. with that DJ talking over the last two bars of the song. Okay, Megan. Yes. If you could have dinner with anyone from any time in history who is not a relative or a religious figure, who would it be? Gosh, I would have to... Albert Einstein. I know, again, a nerdy answer, but I would want to talk to him about what school was like for him. You know, we have students um, that sometimes uh, school is a, a round hole and they're a square peg and we're trying to beat them into it. And from reading about him, um, that's what it was like for him. And he was a genius and it was unrealized. And I just feel like that's how it is for so many of our kids and what could have been done for him to make that a better experience and maybe open up his world sooner so it would probably be albert einstein i know a nerd again i let my math flag fly excellent tammy we should have gotten these questions in advance 
like some of us have a learning disability and need time to think. <laughs> okay. um, there are no wrong answers. I don't okay. know. Come There's back. No Can you come back to me? It's like the universe is recording your answers. It's very important <laughs> that you get this right. Because <laughs> like, I don't know if after this, you're going to go have dinner with Albert Einstein. <laughs> I, I know. I know. And it'll be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be very smart. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pick someone. Oh, my God. Um, you can say Prince if you want. We won't judge you. Yes. Prince. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm going. I'm going to assign someone annoying if you don't pick. I'm going to assign like like Gilbert Godfrey, just like somebody. <sighs> He's not dead yet. Anyone I would have dinner with. Yeah, from any time in history. Hi. Not a family member. Not a religious figure. Uh, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Excellent choice. Do you want to know why? Yeah. Oh. Not really. <laughs> that, that, that ruins the question. I do want to know why, but we can't. Tana? Um, I would say Amelia Earhart. Amelia just Earhart. To, yeah, ask her what it's like to be a female and her craft kind of paving the way for people. And if you could, ask her where she's been. Yeah, like, where is she? We'd <laughs> like to know. Okay. Uh, Tana, hamburgers or pizza? Hamburgers. Tammy? Hamburgers. Pizza. Pizza. Okay. Tammy? What advice would you give your 16-year-old self? Oh, wow. Um, I would tell my 16-year-old self, make better choices. <laughs> and I just keep working. Just keep trying. Like, you're, even though you make bad choices, you can still reach those goals. Um, you can achieve or, I, I don't, get anything you want. I mean, if you're good at it. I mean, you, you can't. I can't be a good basketball player because I'm not good at that. But. Just keep working hard. Awesome. Tana, same yeah. question. What advice to your 16-year-old self? I would say that same thing. Um, keep working hard and be a good person and focus on building relationships because I think that um, those those things are fundamental to being a successful adult. And Megan, your question is a little bit different. What advice would you give to your 8-year-old self? I would tell my 8-year-old self, don't, don't care so much. Don't. Oh my gosh, lighten up. Don't care so much about what these people think. And and I think I would I think I would tell myself, you know, your family is your best friend. You know, don't worry so much about having friends at school. Your family is going to be there when you're 20. Your family is going to be there when you're 25, when you're 30, when you're 40. You know, everybody else around you, they're not going to be around. So just lighten up and have fun and don't care what other people think. Oh, I've had this conversation with myself a lot. Awesome. Tana, if you weren't an educator, what would you be? Oh my goodness. Some days I think I'd be a race car driver. <laughs> <laughs> so like when you're late for a soccer game or something. Yes. <laughs> I just like to drive fast and I want to feel like, I want to see what it feels like to go around those corners and just, you know, slide into them. But I'm an intense driver myself. <laughs> <laughs> As, as Sammy Hagar would say, I can't drive 55. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, same question, Tammy. Um, I think I would be a flight attendant. I don't know so much after COVID. I'm a little nervous to be a flight attendant after COVID. People are mean. Yeah. But before COVID, I think I would just to travel and see the world. And I mean, you still have a life at home, but you're coming and going and... But flight attendants could go hands-on sometimes, right? They, they get, well, they get yeah. a zip tie I mean, their customers. I think I could do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Megan? I would probably be a cardiologist. 
that's what I that's what I went into school to become, but then changed um, halfway through college to go into education. But yeah, cardiologist. I originally wanted to be an astronaut, but my mother told me that by the time I was able, old enough, the space program would be all gone, and she, she was, was wrong. Almost right. Almost. I mean, well, it was not looking good for a while. It wasn't, but I still could have done it. Yeah, you could have. You right? You could have worked for Elon. He doesn't even make you wear like those static free outfits. Just right? show up in your t-shirt and your vans and your holy jeans I know. and work on a rocket. So I could still go to space. <laughs> I just got to make a lot of more money. Yeah. Okay. Megan, your house is on fire. Everything is safe and you have the opportunity to save one item. What would it be? It would probably be... Uh, this compass that I have. Um, my parents brought it back from London. And for me, it's always symbolized following my true north. And it's something that I've always looked at and reminded me of my purpose. And that would be the one thing I would take just because it's always been my um, touchstone for every decision in my life is I just can kind of go sit in my piano room and kind of look at that and say, okay, what, what's the point? What's the main thing? And it, it you know, it centers me. Tammy? Um, I, I'm not a things person. So as long as I knew my family was safe, I, there's really not a thing in my house that I, I just, things don't, they don't hold that kind of meaning for me. Um, so I probably wouldn't take anything okay. <laughs> as long as I knew everybody was okay. Okay, Tana, I try to tap into your, tap into your materialism. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a backup hard drive with all of my photos on it mm. and that is what I would grab. So many precious memories and just things that, um, I think sometimes i forget about until I re revisit the pictures. And so my backup hard drive, of my photos. Nice. You just find letting them burn to Hemi? Is that how it is? Hers are yeah. probably already in the cloud. They're on my they're phone. Probably. They're on my phone. Yeah. I have them all. Yeah. Yeah. I know, like Instagram, they're all there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing I would take, my yeah. phone. It's like, I would grab my phone. And everyone has answered, assuming their phone is in their pocket, because that's just how it goes, right? They, <laughs> they just took their phone. So excellent, excellent. Okay, uh, Tana, if you could travel back in time to one day in your life, would you go back to relive a great day or to fix a bad day? Oh my goodness. I would go back to relive a great day. Tammy? I think I would relive a great day also because I think about the bad days. And if I changed those decisions, then too many other things would not be where they are. So I think I'd relive a great day. Awesome. Megan? Well, not to be contrary, but I would relive a bad day just because this memory sticks, sticks in my head. We're not supposed to answer and elaborate, but I have to. Okay, I was eight years old, walking my sister home from a birthday party, and I was teasing her with this balloon. I was like, oh, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. And I accidentally let it go, and it floated off in the air. And that day haunts me to my core. And that's the day I'd go fix. If that's the worst thing you've ever done, <laughs> it's not you the worst. are going to heaven. It's, <laughs> it's not the worst, but it's, but it's absolutely, it's almost like a metaphor for my yeah. life. It, and I talk to her about it all the time and she laughs at me, but, and I, I don't know, maybe I should go to therapy about that one moment. <laughs> I think I should. That, Do you have the number uh, for a, that place? A conversation with a sibling, because I, 
I had, I had to work through this questionnaire and I, and my wife asked me the questions and I said something very similar, something with the little brother. Okay. Okay. Gonna, that I'm makes me feel away. better. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, we're going to get into these next two questions are going to, are going to get into really why we're talking today and really the purpose of the lead in Davis Academy. Um, and so uh, question number nine, Tammy, what would you change about public education? Oh, wow. I think public education is okay. I think we need more time to train teachers to, so we want teachers to be more hands-on and give kids experiences, but we talk about these things all the time, but we don't really have time to show them what that looks like and give them the chance to plan lessons and figure out experiences for kids. I mean, we've still got a lot of teachers that are like veteran teachers, right? They, I didn't go to school to learn how to be the kind of teacher that kids need today. And so I feel like we need to give these teachers, they're so overwhelmed. I don't know where we fit it in, but we want them to um, do blended learning and use Canvas in the right way. And But are we really providing them the time and the, the skills to, to do all those things? Right. Megan? More, more caring adults. We have a ton of caring adults in the building already, but we need more. We need more people to be able to spend one-on-one -on -one time with the kid and just take the time to listen. Um, the teachers do a great job of it, but a lot of them suffer from, I feel like, um, secondary trauma from having to listen to a lot of the things that the kids are going through. But I think more caring adults for the students and for the teachers. Um, I was talking with a group of teachers today and uh, with my principal, Kurt Farnsworth, and we said we have so many shining star teachers in the school that we're trying to nourish and continue to help bloom and grow, but that we still that we feel like we can't get to all of them to help them do that. So I just feel like more people, more um, individuals there to, you know, sit with a sad child, to be there when a child is ready to erupt because they're angry, um, talk a kid back into the building, um, meet with a teacher or a group of teachers and train them. And then there's other individuals who can go sub in their classes that know the students so that there's not a big interruption to the school day. So I, I kind of feel like more people who are caring. And I, I remember uh, Renewi saying, you know, the more caring adults a, a child has in their lives, the more likely they are to succeed. And that's really stuck with me. Tana? I would say the same things that you two have said, um, really just more time and supports. I really feel like we have incredible educators in our district that have a lot of responsibilities on their plate right now. And it's not just the responsibility to educate students with content, but also giving them the skills that they need to be successful in a lot of different areas, not only academically, but socially and emotionally. And that takes more than just a classroom teacher to be able to do that. And so I would say time and supports for teachers, students, and, and really just all the people in our buildings that are supporting student growth and student learning. And I would almost say, sorry to interrupt, but I would almost say more um, individuals that know um, kind of like a, a therapist, therapist 
for students and for adults. You know, I'm not trained in all things emotions and how to navigate life, but here I am trying to help a teacher who is on the edge and feels, and you can give them the phone number, but, you know, I, I wish that there was more of that type of a resource for us to say, and our school counselor does a great job too, but she's spread really thin as well, so. Okay, last question of the Alita Davis questionnaire, Tana. And let's be really brief. What would you change about yourself? As a leader? Whatever you decide. I would I would make more times make more time for the things that are most important. Um, there are, I think, a lot of people in my building that I could give more time to and let them know what a fantastic job they are doing, but I don't always take the time to do that. So I think I would uh, change that about myself, just reallocate my time to thanking the people for doing the great job that they're doing. Tammy? I'd be two inches shorter. Two two inches shorter. (laughs) You ask what I would change. I'll take those two inches. I yeah. could use them. I, think, I, did, I see, just see command presence. Um, I can come off very um, aggressive and loud. And sometimes I can use that to my advantage in, in situations. But I feel like I can also intimidate individuals when I don't mean to be intimidating at all. So I would probably try to lower the the volume of my voice (laughs) so that I can have a more gentler approach to individuals. Um, And and also, um, see, I I could just tick off like 70 million things, but you said be brief. So I really am trying. That's another thing I changed about myself, brevity. Um, But I would uh, try to think before I act sometimes. Okay. Let's jump into uh, some of the questions about the Lee Davis Academy. And I thought this group is interesting because I don't know what these groups respond until we already put you together for various reasons. Another team kind of put you together and, and then I researched your answers and it's interesting. This is, these are some unique things about this group. One question number four, I asked you to say the sentence in 20 words or less. And I even gave you the example that I use 20 words or less. Tana, you gave me 34 words. Okay. Well, I was late submitting and, my assignment. And, so Okay. Sorry. And then, uh, Megan, you gave me 46 words. Well, like I said, brevity. <laughs> and Tammy, you gave me 50 words. Listen. You, this is like the, <laughs> the no, English teacher and group. me did. I'll decide. I'll decide. Oh, boy. My, my second thing I noticed, and, and, and Tana, you didn't do this, but the only two that I saw really do this were you two. When I asked who is the attribute, uh, the attribute expert or keynote that you like the most, and, and Tammy said, uh, Brad Mortensen and Troy Wood were informative. Sandy, Sandy Hendry were inspiring. Doug Young and Randy Rigby were entertaining. Chad Lewis. Hey, was, wait, how was it? How was it worded? <laughs> you ticked through the entire. How was the question worded? Which attribute expert or keynote address stood out to you the most? Listen, I was in a hurry. And Megan, I thought that's what Megan the assignment said. said. Jim Quigley. I also really love Sandy, Sandy Henry. <laughs> Chad Lewis' experience. Blah, 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 blah. Troy Wood taught me. Susan I just Madsen. tight <laughs> as I thought you hit them to all. be as honest as possible. Okay. I must have read the question wrong. No, I love it. And I, I truly <laughs> love it. And I, and I also, it's, it's fun when I'm reading through these and realize, oh, these people have a lot in common. I mean, for one, they'll just do whatever they want in a Pretty survey. Much. They'll decide. Pretty but, much. But also, um, 
uh, two of you picked the same person as an attribute expert. It's kind of interesting. And I want to talk about that for just a minute. So Megan and Tana, you both, you both identified Chris Keim. And both uh, for the same thing, the duty to develop, an example of duty to develop. Talk a little bit about that. Not This isn't like an um, admiration society for Chris Kang, but like talk about. Well, we both have worked at the same time with him. He was my principal. Tana was my assistant principal. And we all worked together with him. And I'll be honest, I mean, he'll tell you, Chris and I did not get along the first year. We did not like each other. It was knockdown, drag out. I mean... Mm-mm. His name was a curse word in my home, but we were able to get together and really kind of have a moment where we said, okay, you don't like me and I don't like you. Why? And we, we, when we did that, it was like, oh, well, that, that was something somebody told me, but that's not true. And he said the same thing. And then I think when he kind of figured out what my goals were, which is student learning, and I figured out what his goals were, which was student learning, then we were able to see eye to eye. And also, I was burned out of teaching. I didn't want to do it anymore. And he came along and showed me I can like teaching again. And he just lit my flame back up. And he kind of stepped me into administration because I never want a teacher to feel the way I felt. And that's that's why I want, that's why I went into this. I think Chris has this ability to um, get people to step outside of their comfort zones, and so he really does focus on developing and growing his people. He wants people to be able to think critically about things, give feedback, um, and really grow to be leaders themselves. And he really pushes people to do that in a positive way. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. Tammy, you said something in your survey about duty to develop while we're talking about Chris Kime, duty to develop. You said something, um, you said that it, it resonates you with you the most, but you said this, I like being able to reevaluate my own journey with leadership by working with others, experiencing the journey also. Talk to us about that. Um, so at the junior high, um, I was just assigned with an assistant. And so we were both, you know, kind of equals and worked together. But at the high school, there's this unique opportunity to have an intern that, you know, is probably only going to be there for a year. Um, so I just, the last two years, I've just kind of taken that opportunity to just work with those people, knowing that I, they want to learn everything they can. And so while I'm having, you know, dragging them along through the journey, I'm reevaluating my own, oh, how do I really feel about that? And how do I feel about this? And, um, and just listening to their opinion. I mean, they're fresh out of the classroom or the counseling office. And um, I, being at the high school has been really unique because of that intern position has just helped me because I don't feel like I'm trying to develop a equal colleague, because that would kind of be weird, even though I f treat them as an equal, I, I feel like I have an obligation to help them through the journey. Yeah, it's been fun. Awesome. Um, we're, we're actually short on time. You guys uh, have, have filled up the time. Appreciate um, your participation. Let's ask the final question. This is question number 11. And it's similar to question number nine. Um, 
but there's there's some nuance. So this is our put a lid on it question. In one sentence, what are you going to change in education starting tomorrow? And I want you to think about that question. I want you to think about the filter of Leadon Davis and some of the things we've done. I've talked with some groups about like the vulnerability exercise where everyone stepped forward into a square. But every, people that loved that, when you ask them, did you do it with your staff yet? They go, oh, I haven't. Would that work with your staff? Would that be powerful? Would that break down walls with your staff? Yeah, it would. Well, why haven't we done it? And so I think with everything we learn, and there, I could I could say any activity, right? Why haven't we Why haven't we got to the pumpkin patch? You know, our what our metaphorical pumpkin patch. Given what you've learned in the Lead and Davis Academy and the things we focused on, uh, what what are you going to change in education starting tomorrow? And we'll start with you, Megan. Um, I would probably say the thing that I'm going to change tomorrow is as we've been speaking together, um, in one sentence, I haven't put a period on it yet. In one sentence, I'm going to evaluate each student that needs it and calculate the number of caring adults that we have working with that child. Period. Awesome. Tammy? Um, the thing I'm going to change tomorrow is um, um, I need to make sure that I take care of the people in my building. I'm more of a task-oriented kind of person, so I just do the stuff that needs to be done. So I'm going to make sure that I'm touching base with those people that I need to connect with because there could be some future leaders out there, you know, department heads, whatever. I want to make sure I know who they are and get to know them. Awesome. Tom. I would say something along that same line, that um, same line. I want every single person in my building to feel valued and successful tomorrow. Awesome. Well, and incredible answers, incredible people here today. It's been a pleasure. Um, so Tana, Tammy, Megan, thanks for spending the time uh, with the Lead in Davis podcast. Mm-hmm.